Hey, Bill O'Reilly here. Welcome to the No Spin News. Thursday, June 24th, 2021. Stand up for your country. So we begin with uh, President Biden, uh, which I am doing pretty much every day because there's something very strange going on. I'm going to tell you what it is uh, tonight, and, and I'm going to back it up a lot of different ways. But it's perhaps the strangest presidency that I've ever seen. And it's going to come back and affect every single American citizen, all 330 million of us. So uh, I'm glad you're here. And um, we are going to give you a lot of very, very good information. So uh, as you know, there was an address yesterday by Mr. Biden about the terrible violent crime epidemic across the country. Now, in Chicago, in New York, um, in L.A., most of the victims of the violent crime are minority groups, particularly African-Americans. These are the people that are getting shot down in the street. Of course, Mr. Biden didn't mention that. He never mentions that. All right. He mentions equity. He mentions systemic racism. He mentions all. But he never mentions that in the United States of America, African-Americans and other minority groups are being terrorized primarily by minority criminals. OK, that is that is impossible for Joe Biden to mention. And that is the crux of a lot of the violent crime and social problems in this country. So let's run it down for you. The speech was awful. I think everybody would acknowledge that, even if you like Mr. Biden. He looked uh, tense. He had prompter stare when you're reading words on a page like, like this. He didn't vary his cadence. Uh, he couldn't pronounce words. I don't think he knew what he was saying in many of the uh, paragraphs. And he had no solution to uh, the problem of violent crime in this country. His solution is to crack down on gun dealers. Okay, yeah. Now, we have been going through this uh, for decades. So let me give you one good example. Uh, when Rudy Giuliani took over as mayor of New York City in the 1990s, the city was totally out of control as far as violence is concerned. Now, today, Rudy Giuliani had his law license suspended by the state of New York because the far left people running the state are after him. Now, I don't know what he did or what he did not do. I have no blanket clue because I don't see the evidence. But they're after Rudy Giuliani. But when he was mayor here, there were guns everywhere. There were the restrictions against guns, both on the federal and state level, were far more lax than they are now. All right, so the gun restrictions have been tightened up. When Giuliani took over, he drove down violent crime by enforcing the law. He and his police commissioners, they enforced the law. Boom! Drove crime down to historic lows, even though the country was awash in guns. So what Biden told you last night is just a fantasy. It's a ruse, a dodge, that the federal government is going to crack down on these gun loopholes. That's not going to do anything because criminals don't buy guns in the stores. They buy them on the street. And there are 400 million firearms in this country. Now, that's a historical number. There have never been more since Biden has been president. We have the highest gun purchases of all time. 
according to the FBI, who does background check on those purchases. So people are afraid of not only the criminal element, but of the federal government. Because the federal government is so intrusive, so far left. Okay, so the speech was a disaster, but you'll never hear that in the corporate media because they cheer for Biden. No matter what Biden does is fine, and everybody knows that. Um, there is a solution, and the solution is to do what Giuliani did. You enforce the law. I gave you the solution yesterday. I'm not going to be redundant and say it every day. But if you make all gun crimes federal crimes and put mandatory sentences on the gun criminals, that will go a long way and give police a tremendous lever. So if you own a gun legally, you have nothing to worry about. If you own it illegally and you're carrying it on the street illegally, you have a lot to worry about. Okay, so I don't, I'm not a kind of guy that scapegoats. So I'm not going to blame African Americans for the violent crime rate. But I am going to tell you that 40%, 4-0, of all murders in America are committed by blacks. And blacks make up 13% of the population. Don't you think that maybe the state and federal governments want to take a look at that? Don't you want think that maybe they want to crack down on the drug gangs, which are causing most of the homicides today? No, no, not Joe Biden. Joe Biden did not mention minority crime, drug crime, attacks on police, defunding police, no bail laws. Listen to this. New Jersey, Alaska, New York, California, Illinois, New Mexico, Georgia, and Vermont all have no bail laws. That's stupid. All right? That's, that puts hardened criminals right back out after the police arrest them. And the failure to prosecute crime is why New York City and Chicago are falling apart. That's why. The DA said, well, I'm not going to fry. I'm not going to fry. And you say, I, I get mail all the time. Oh, oh, uh, can we impeach them? No, you can't. Prosecutorial discretion protects district's attorneys and U.S. attorneys. So they can't prosecute everything that comes across their desk. So they say, we only prosecute the ones that we know we get a conviction on. That's bull. Okay? They're not prosecuting crimes like looting, all right, like throwing Molotov cocktails at the cops, and the cops know it. So Biden, again, he gets in there, and he, the whole speech is about, oh, we're going to crack down on the gun dealers. So insulting to the intelligence of the American people, I can't even tell you. Um, I'm going to give you an example of, of, of a very specific example of how crazy the system is. And that Joe Biden, he doesn't even know this and doesn't care, by the way. I'll tell you in a minute about why Joe Biden's doing what he's doing. So uh, in Manchester, New Hampshire, there's a man named Ira Grayson, 35 years old. He's a career criminal. All right. He's been arrested and convicted of firearms and drug related charges over and over and over again. So he served time in a federal pen for a uh, gun beef and he gets out. All right. And he immediately violates his parole. All right. He's got a DUI. And then he's caught on January 9th of this year. All right. 
and Manchester police charge him with domestic assault and um, suspicion of having a weapon. So the federal probation officer, all right, federal now, not state, federal, says, um, hey, we got to put this guy back in jail. The judge says, no, let's him out. Let's the guy out. All right, Grayson is out. Even though he's got a long rap sheet with guns and drugs, and in January, he violates his parole. They don't put him back in federal penitentiary. He's on probation. So what does Grayson do? Um, he shoots a guy dead in Boston. And 33-year-old Stacy Coleman is no longer here. Right? He's dead. And now Grayson is charged with that. Now they're holding him behind, behind bars without bail. But Stacy Coleman and his family... He's dead. Why? Because of people like Joe Biden. So instead of saying to the American people, hey, we're going to stop this no bail, letting violent people out on the federal level and hope the states follow our example, instead of doing that, no, we're going to get the gun dealers. Fully knowing there's 400 million guns in circulation. And there are always going to be 400 million guns in circulation. So why is Biden doing this? Why won't he protect you and me? He is not capable of understanding the big picture on anything. We went over that earlier this week on inflation. Does Joe Biden know what inflation is and how it happens? The answer is no. He's never been a particularly bright man. If you trace his senatorial history, he's a party guy. He's a party guy. He, he never has any real solutions to anything. Okay? So he doesn't know why violent crime is surging. He doesn't take the time to analyze the progressive left's programs that have led to this carnage. He doesn't do it. He doesn't know the economy. The southern border is insane. We'll get to that in a minute. But does Joe Biden know that it's him, 100%, that has led to millions of foreign nationals encountering our federal officials on the border? Does he understand that? The answer is he does not. Now, I'm not giving him a pass. I'm not doing that. I'm telling you that we have a president who does not understand what's happening. And the progressive left who runs him is thrilled to have a, a person they can manipulate. Somebody wrote that speech for Biden yesterday. He didn't write it. I mean, I guess he read it over before it went on a teleprompter, maybe. But does he really believe that gun, cracking down on gun dealers is going to stop murders in Chicago and New York and L.A.? Does he really believe that? Because if he does... That's irresponsible. So now we have a president who's incompetent. What else? How else am I going to describe it? Bill Clinton was not incompetent. Barack Obama was not incompetent. You may not have liked what they did, but they understood what they were doing. I know them both. I've spoken to them many times. Both. They 
understand. They don't see the world the way I do. They're certainly not problem solvers the way I am. But they understand. Joe Biden doesn't. So the American people reacting against Donald Trump have elected a person who's incompetent and completely out of it. That's why he doesn't do anything all day. Now today, he went to North Carolina. He went to Raleigh, North Carolina. Why? To talk to people who are vaccinating other people. Why? Why? We know. We know. There are medical people who are providing vaccines. Why do you have to take the time to fly to North Carolina to do a dog and pony show and pat him on the back? More important things to do? Afghanistan's going to fall. It's going. That's pretty important, I would think, because then ISIS and Al-Qaeda are going to do what they always do. All right, they're going to go in, they're going to grow in strength, they're going to train their people, and they're going to come out and try to kill people, including us. I think that might be more important. Does Biden know that? No. Does he care? Now, there's a central question. Does Joe Biden care? I can't answer that. I can tell you he's incompetent, because he is. Just picture this. If you think I'm going off the rails here, here's very simple. If Joe Biden consented to an interview with Bill O'Reilly, that's me, your humble correspondent, do you think that would come out well for Joe Biden? Now, I interviewed Barack Obama, Bill Clinton, Hillary Clinton, George W. Bush, Donald Trump many times. They all held their own, I thought. Think Joe Biden could hold his own? So here's another interesting story, and we went over this a little bit yesterday, but. So Biden puts Vice President Harris in charge of the border, and Vice President Harris basically says, I don't want, and I'm not going there, all right? So for three months, Kamala Harris has not gone to the border, but she's going tomorrow. Why? Because Donald Trump's going next week. So here's what uh, the former president said, quote, after months of ignoring the crisis at the southern border, it is great that we've got Kamala Harris to finally go and see the tremendous destruction and death that they've created, direct result of Biden ending my very tough but fair border policies. Harris and Biden were given the strongest border in American history, and now is by far the worst in American history. Governor Abbott and I weren't going there next week. She would have never gone. Donald Trump yesterday. Now, again, you know, Mr. Trump tends to gin it up, but There's no doubt in my mind that Kamala Harris is going tomorrow to El Paso um, because Trump's going next week. The the Biden people said, hey, you got to get down there because we're going to be embarrassed. Now, what good does it do for Kamala Harris to go to El Paso? Well, she'll have a nice mojito. She'll get some good Tex-Mex. But what is she going to do? Does she care about the border? Does she know how to solve the problem? Is she going to say, gee, we were wrong in fundamentally knocking out all the Trump policies, the remain in Mexico policy and everything else, and having an open border? Is she going to say that? No, not going to say it. They'll hand her a a little script to read, uh, some propaganda someplace, um, and that's what she'll do. So, (coughs) excuse me, allergies are driving me crazy. 
And she's going down there with our our pal Alejandro Mayorkas, who is the Homeland Security Secretary. There's another. He's just a political appointee. Does Alejandro know anything about the history of the border, how to solve the border? No. <sighs> border Patrol uh, Chief Rodney Scott, he quit. But that's not a big deal. All right, he was appointed by Trump, so I'm surprised he lasted this long. So he's out, and now they'll have another Border Patrol chief who will sit there and watch millions of foreign nationals cross into the United States because they can't stop them. Okay, let's go to California, everybody's favorite state. Again, I love California. I've been to every county in California. It is a beautiful part of planet Earth, California. Second time in history, governor is being recalled. What that means is it's going to be an election. It's going to cost the taxpayers $200 million. Gavin Newsom, the yes or no, do you want him to continue as governor? Um, and then there are a bunch of people on a ballot. If you don't want Newsom, who do you want? Now, this is because Newsom totally botched the COVID thing. He ruined businesses. He ruined schooling. He hurt the kids. He was dining himself in big restaurants without a mask. The guy is a total phony. And um, what's in the number that signed this petition to get him out? Uh, 1.7 million signatures to get him out. Okay, so the state said, all right, we've got the signatures, but we want to give people a chance to take them back. You know how many people withdrew their signatures? 43 out of 1.7 million. Now, that indicates that Newsom could get booted. And the only other time this happened was Gray Davis in 2003 when Arnold took over. Davis was booted and they put Arnold Schwarzenegger in. Will that happen this time? I don't think so. Because there isn't a candidate strong enough to replace Newsom. And there are enough progressives and Democrats who like Newsom that I think he's going to squeak it out. I could be wrong. But it isn't going to be um, Jenner. He's <clears throat> not qualified. Um, and where Arnold really had a lot of money, and he had a presence, tough guy Arnold, okay? Now, he was a terrible governor. And you guys who live in California know that. He couldn't stand up to the crazy left, and, and he really didn't problem solve either. Jerry Brown was a good governor. All right. I hate to say it because his philosophy is opposite of mine, but Jerry Brown knew what he was doing out there, and Arnold didn't. So this time around, um, I think Newsom's going to survive, but he's a bad governor. But the state is so crazy left, so that's what's happened. Okay, let's go to Chicago media. So you've heard of the Chicago Tribune. At one time, one of the finest newspapers in the world, in 1925, 1925, the Roaring 20s, all right, the Chicago Tribune had a circulation of 650,000. And for a local newspaper, that's huge, all right? In two, the circulation now, in 2019, last stats, 238,000. <laughs> Nobody. The whole paper is out. What happened? Now, the Chicago Sun-Times, which was the... Uh, Competitor, they're done. They're on the internet or something. Both the Times and the Tribune went left. 
So Chicago's a working class city. It's not an ideological city. It's not like New York or Los Angeles or Boston. It's not. So this newspaper now is pretty much done. 36 journalists uh, taking buyouts. They quit, including John Cass, one of the most powerful columnists in the United States. Now, Cass was demoted for writing a column, an opinion column that said George Soros is responsible for a lot of violence because he funds district attorneys that wouldn't enforce the law. Cass was absolutely right. They demoted him, humiliated him at the Chicago trip. So he's out. He's going. I'll take the buyout, along with 35 other people. Now, the reason I'm telling you this, you don't live in Chicago, why do you care, is because all of the American media, all of it, there isn't one news organization prospering. That means growing in stature and growing in profit. Not one, except BillOReilly.com. And we're very small compared to the others. So Reuters, not a trustworthy news service, takes a poll around the world. Do you trust the media in your country? Now, the highest level of trust is in Finland, where no one lives. <laughs> I've been to Finland. Nice country. Very, very chilly. All right? But nice. Nice country. A lot of cross-country skiing. Anyway, Finland, 65% of Finns trust the media in their country. Out of Helsinki, that's where most of the media is. The United States, 29%, the lowest level ever. 29% of Americans trust the media, the American media. And with good reason. Okay. So Donald Trump got hosed by the media. Is there anybody who disagrees with that? Anybody? Please write to me, Bill at BillOReilly.com. Bill at BillOReilly.com. If you don't think that Donald Trump got hosed by the media, the corporate media and the social media, please write to me and explain your point of view. And I will use it on Monday. Okay, so I picked out four stories that are so clear. There, there is no excuse. There is no anything. The first story is when the church across the street from the White House was burned by the Floyd protesters. You remember that. So there were people protesting in front of the White House in Lafayette Park. They were cleared out of there so Donald Trump, the president, could go to that church, St. John's, and express his dismay. There he is. So the protesters were cleared out. Now, the left-wing media, the corporate media, basically said Trump ordered the protesters to be gassed and abused and beaten up. You heard it over and over and over and over. Wasn't true. All right? So a government investigation. And remember, Trump's not president anymore. This is Biden's administration. All right? Says, yeah, the protesters were forced out of the park, but Trump didn't have anything to do with it. Didn't come from him. No influence, they said, in clearing the Lafayette Park protesters. So just think back. And remember, CNN, MSNBC, New York Times, Washington Post, bang, bang, day in, day out. Fascist, fascist Trump. Totally false. Second story, Michael Flynn, Russia. This was Brian Ross. Now, I know Mr. Ross. He's a good reporter. 
But like all the others in the corporate media, this is Disney at ABC, he takes uh, anonymous sources. I don't take anonymous sources. Got it? I don't do that because I can't trust it. I got to back it up. Ross didn't. So Ross put out a report that said that Flynn uh, was prepared to testify that President Trump directed him to make contact with the Russians during the course of the 216 campaign. That's a quote, directed him to make contact with Russians. It's a lie. Ross was fired, Brian Ross, and ABC issued a statement. We deeply regret and apologize for the serious error we made yesterday. The report conveyed by Brian Ross during the special report had not been fully vetted through our editorial standards process, unquote. Bull. All right? They use anonymous sources, ABC, all the time. All right? This is just bull. Ross made a huge mistake by not outing the anonymous source that lied to him. But be that as it may, this is another story that went wild and was false. Number three, the Wuhan lab leak. So Donald Trump said, hey, in April 2020, you know, this might have come out of that lab. And for that, he was kicked off Facebook. Boom, out of there. Now, Facebook says, well, oh, we're not going to kick anybody out anymore if you say the Wuhan lab may have been responsible for leaking COVID. But from February to May, you couldn't get anything on Facebook. Because now there is evidence that there was a leak out of that lab. That's three. Last one. All right. And I hope this isn't boring, but I think we all need to be refreshed on how corrupt the corporate media and social media are in this country. This is why 29%, only 29% of people trust them. But the media claimed Donald Trump never condemned white supremacy. Roll tape. You were asked point blank to denounce white supremacy. In the moment, you didn't. You asked some follow-up questions. Who specifically? A couple of days later, on a different show, oh, you, you, you denounced white this. supremacy. No, My question to you is, you've done this to why me does and it seem like... I denounced white supremacy, okay? You did I've two denounced days later. white supremacy for years, but you always do it. You always start off with a well, question. You didn't ask Joe Biden whether or not he denounces Antifa. Okay, so at the, uh, at the terrible incident in Charlottesville, um, President Trump clearly denounced white supremacy. All right, and they use that to say, oh, good people on both sides. If you read the United States of Trump, I've got every syllable. All right, so, and, and again, I write these books for history. So way, way back, um, Trump had denounced white supremacy. He's not, that's not what Trump does. He doesn't like extremists, right? He's not in that world. But Savannah Guthrie, the Today Show woman, she does what she's told. It's like Joe Biden. So the producer said, nah, we can get Trump with the white supremacy stuff. Okay. <laughs> you think Savannah Guthrie would read the United States of Trump and actually try to find out the truth about Donald Trump's mentality toward white supremacy? Do you think she'd ever do that? No, doesn't care, wants to get Trump because she knows that's what NBC and Comcast want her to do. And that's why she's there, earning millions of dollars. All right, so I gave you four, and I hope it was worthy. Uh, I hope I didn't bore you with it. I usually don't do that kind of a thing, but 
with the way this country's going, you need to know how corrupt the media is because it influences everything. All right. An Indiana woman becomes the first person to be sentenced in the Capitol riots. Her name is Anna Morgan Lloyd, 49 years old. She has pled guilty um, to a charge of pandering, demonstrator picketing in Capitol building, and she had three other charges dropped. She says, quote, I'm ashamed that it became a savage display of violence that day. I would have never been there if I had a clue it was going to turn out that way because it was never my intent to be a part of anything that is so disgraceful to the American people. So she said she's terrible. She's terrible. I'm going to amend that. She's not terrible. She is regretful. All right. Regretful. So if I'm a judge and I see somebody who's regretful, I give them probation, which is what she got. She's not going to jail. And that's the right sentence. So about 500 people have been indicted. She's the first one convicted. No jail time. That will happen to most of the 500. Now, I get a lot of letters uh, from people trying to justify the intruders in the Capitol on January 6th. Now, I know the far right peddles that all day long. You know, they're, they're not bad people or they, they didn't do anything that bad. You heard of it. You know it. They did do something bad. Terrible. It was awful what they did. I mean, Congress was in session. And these people were breaking in, physically breaking windows and doors to get in and close to the chambers. And what would have happened then? Nobody knows. So one of them, Ashley Babbitt, yeah, got killed. The police fired and shot her to death. And that's terrible. I'm so sad that she's dead and her family has to go through this. But... That police officer is not going to be charged because he had the legal right to protect Congress. And nobody knew what these people were going to do when they were smashing the doors and windows in. So for those of you who are sympathetic to those people who violated the Capitol, I don't know what to tell you. All right. If it were left wing people that did that, Antifa that did that, you wouldn't be sympathetic for them. No, you should think about it. All right, Supreme Court uh, sides with a cheerleader. This is a very interesting. Brandy Levy, okay, 14 years old, and she got mad at her school, and she um, put a profanity-laced post on social media. It all had to do with uh, the school, and it uh, didn't. It did something that Ashley was uh, Brandy, who was then 14, didn't like. So the school booted her off the cheerleading squad. And the family, Brandy's family, sued. And the Supreme Court ruled 8 to 1 that Brandy should not have been thrown off the cheerleading squad and the school should not have taken any action against her. Fascinating ruling because it violates Brandy's freedom of speech. In the decision, and this is very important, if Brandy had said something threatening, if she was bullying someone say, I'm going to burn the school down, or I'm going to hurt the cheerleader person who runs the squad, then the school could have done something. But just to vent, even if it was profane, is under the First Amendment. So that's interesting. Um, Okay. Babies. So I'm a baby boomer, right? Some of you are watching me. I know that. And after World War II, uh, the GIs came back. 
they all got married. That's what you were supposed to do back then. And there wasn't birth control, so the babies go boom, 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 all over the place. And my generation is a big, big generation. And someday I'll, I'll do an analysis of the baby boom generation. There's good and there's bad. But now nobody's having any babies. Okay, so steepest annual decline since 1973 was 2020, last year. All right, birth rates in the USA declined 4%. And they're dropping and dropping and dropping. There are as many as 3 million childless women who might have been expected to have children at this point, according to demographers. Um, now, they say it's uh, COVID and economy. It's not. It's the dissolution of the American family. That's what it is. So the family used to be the cornerstone of our society. All right. And we organize our lives around the family. That's baby boom. That's 50s, 60s. When Vietnam came in, it, but then it got back, 80s, 90s. Now, families that now, no, don't need it. Don't need the dad. Don't need the dad in the home. African-American birth rate, 73%, no dad in the home. Families falling apart. When the family falls apart, to younger people, they go, what do I want to have kids for? All right, because that's not my goal. My goal is to do what I want. If you have a baby, you can't do what you want. That's what's going on here. All right, this week in history, June 25th, which is tomorrow, but it actually started today, 1950, the Korean War began. Nobody knows about this war. And for you Korean vets, uh, I'm sorry about that because you were very brave. So what happened was that the North Koreans invaded South Korea. They crossed the 38th parallel on the Korean Peninsula. And they did that to impose communism in the South. It was the same thing that happened in Vietnam. So Harry Truman was the president. He said, no, we're not going to let the communists overrun the South Koreans. And it was a war. China got in the war on the side of the North Koreans when the American troops were pushing the North Koreans back toward the Yalu River. All of a sudden, these Chinese communists came across to help the North Koreans. So it was really nasty, really, really brutal fighting there. Nobody really knew it because you didn't have the TV, you didn't have reporting or anything like that. But listen to the casualties, all right? South Korean casualties, a million civilians killed, one million, 270,000 military. 500,000 wounded, just South Korea. USA, 37,000 killed, 103,000 wounded. 103,000 Americans wounded in the Korean War. North Korea, 600,000 civilians dead, 406,000 military dead, 1,500,000 wounded. That's according to the Encyclopedia Britannica. China. Now, this I didn't know. So China gets involved in this war. 600,000 Chinese military killed by USA and South Korean troops. 716,000 wounded. 600,000. Remember, the USA had 36,000 killed. China had 600,000 killed. So all this death and destruction, all right, took place. 71 years ago, it began. 
the war ended because it was a stalemate and they just stopped. And then a demilitarized zone was put up. North Korea went back to North Korea, South Korea resumed to this day. And we have troops, American troops there, protecting South Korea. So I thought you'd know quick history of the war. All right, we have a mail segment for you and a, a final thought about killing the mob, which is pretty extraordinary. It's something I've never seen before. And we'll have all that after these messages. Everything is expensive these days, you know that. The government is printing trillions of dollars in consumer prices higher than ever. If the government continues its printing and spending, the dollar could continue its free fall and lose its coveted role as the world reserve currency. Let's hope that doesn't happen. But there are a few things you can do right now. American Hartford Gold can show you how to protect your money, your retirement, your hard-earned savings against inflation by helping you diversify a portion of your portfolio into physical gold and silver. Start with a short phone call, and they can have physical gold and silver delivered right to your door or put inside your 401k or IRA. So please call or text them right now. Tell them Bill O'Reilly sent you. Call 877-444-GOLD, 877-444-GOLD, or text GOLD to 65532. Again, that's 877-444-GOLD, or text GOLD to 65532. All right, let's go to the mail. Sandra Klein, Blavel, New York, north of New York City. I think you are wrong, O'Reilly, to say the officer who shot Ashley Babbitt did the right thing. I did not say he did the right thing. All right? I, I wasn't there. I would hope that gunfire was not necessary. The other police officers didn't shoot. What I said was the officer was within the law. I'm saying it's the right thing. Theodore Sampieri, St. James, Long Island. I've watched you for more than 20 years, Bill, read all your books. Your wisdom has positively altered my life. Well, thank you. I appreciate that, Theodore. Your reporting both Monday and Tuesday of this week about the chaos in the USA was pithy and precise. Thank you more than ever. America needs you. We try to do a very precise job. That's key. But I really appreciate the compliment. Jack Evett, Harrisburg, North Carolina, like many others, you are my sole source for news, Bill. I don't trust anybody else. You mentioned the possibility of Donald Trump and Governor DeSantis running on the same ticket. They couldn't do it. They're both Florida residents. Could they? Yeah. There's no litmus test. You can have two people in the same state run. Nothing to prevent that. Perry. Hey, Bill, your closing comments on fear and being afraid were excellent. Good message. Fear can paralyze you, can really hurt your life. And all of us are afraid of it sometimes. All of us. Confront the fear. Overcome it. Robert, concierge member. Robert gets uh, access to me directly. Hey, Bill, I think you're missing the big picture with the defunding of the police. The current socialist faction of our government wants to eliminate local police so the feds can take over everything. True. That is what's going on. George, concierge member, making any crime involving a firearm, a federal crime makes too much sense for it to become law. As Bill said, it would involve minorities disproportionately compared to whites. 
Absolutely. That's why it isn't going to happen. John, I think COVID vaccine has done a lot of good, saved a lot of lives, but it's just wrong to fire employees for not taking it. Okay. Um, BillOReilly.com store. We got that apron. Ditch the mask on the apron. We want you to have a good summer and barbecue in the stand up for your country apron. How about that Trump O'Reilly history tour? Um, please get your tickets this weekend because they're going fast. December 11th in Sunrise, Florida. December 12th, Orlando. December 18th, Houston. December 19th, Dallas, Texas. Show's going to be rollicking. I can guarantee it. Crazy Horse and Killing the SS. You buy them both. We'll give you a very special price. Um, if you like Killing the Mob, Crazy Horse, Killing the SS, available for you for your summer reading. And the word of the day is to not be a poltroon, one of my favorite words, P-O-L-T-R-O-O-N. So back with a final thought about killing the mob in a moment. I'm Mike Slater from the podcast Politics by Faith. This is a crazy time in our country. It's stressful, a lot of anxiety, and it's going to get worse. And I realized that one of the things that helps me take away the stress is realizing that there's nothing new under the sun. So on this podcast, we take the news of the day, and we run it through the Bible and other periods in history to realize that we've been through this before and we can rise above again. Politics by Faith, anywhere you listen to the podcast. Politics by Faith. So we got word yesterday that Killing the Mob is number one on the New York Times bestseller list again. Seventh week out, there's a little list they throw. Um, this is amazing because I'm blacked out totally from publicizing the book on corporate media. So I can't get on Good Morning America, the Today Show, or any of the late nights because they won't put me on, because I'm too dangerous to them, because I know what they're doing. So I didn't know that this book, Killing a Mob, was going to be such an enormous bestseller. I thought it'd do well. It's a good book. But boom. So what's the lesson here? The lesson is you don't need the corporate media anymore. I can get right to you through uh, 300 radio stations that we're on, through social media, through BillOReilly.com, through The First TV, through WABC Radio. I can go right to you. All right, well, I don't need those people. And believe me, it's a relief. It is a relief not to have to go on The View to sell my books. So I thank everybody who supported Killing the Mob. Tremendous summer read if you haven't gotten it. Uh, learn something and have fun at the same time. That's best case scenario, is it not? Have a great weekend. I'll be updating all kinds of things on BillOReilly.com, and we'll see you on Monday.